2: Thinking sideways. I don't understand.
0: Does not compute. You never know. Interventions make the population decline.
1: What?
2: Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to.
1: Hey, this is Steve. As always, I'm joined by Oh Devin and Joe. And this is Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Oh. Wow. I know it's it's yeah. crazy, but it is. Yeah. And uh, we've got another. Fairly unsolved mystery, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wait, Joe, what's your patented line? Oh, Tonight yeah. we're going to oh, solve
2: yeah. it. We're going to crack this one like a walnut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I was, I was, I was, I'm not on my top game. Today. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all right.
1: Uh, before I, I get going into this, this story is a listener's suggestion. And it's actually one of the early suggestions that we got. Uh, but I've held off because I kept going to it and then coming back to it. I'm really trying to wrap my head around this story because it's it's a little little hard it's outside of my wheelhouse he mm-hmm. did
0: yeah on our like little spreadsheet of listener suggestions it said you know Steve is doing the show, right? But like we've been we're looking at it. dibs on it. You know, dibs it like, what, a year ago? Yeah. And we've just been you know, sitting on it and sitting on it and
1: waiting. Well, and because we're,
2: we're in the pay of the government. That's why we've been sitting on it. Yeah. That, ah, that, the that's check it. did not arrive this month, so, so screw you, Uncle Sam.
1: Yeah. Well, regardless, uh, I do want to say thanks to Ed, who emailed this story in. It, it's, it's definitely thanks, an interesting one. Oh, yeah. And mm. what we're going to talk about is Gary McKinnon. And he is... The Gary uh, McKinnon? The Gary McKinnon. Ah, okay. And his story is a little hard to follow, but let's, let's just kind of, we'll set it up and I'll, we'll do the best we can with this, because there's some, there's a lot of UFO talk in this one.
2: <laughs> there's a bit.
1: Just a little bit. Right,
2: Devin there's, is very excited. There's a lot Bye-bye. of like, yeah, the, the whole story actually concerns more legal stuff than actual um, Well,
1: UFOs, and i pruned so, some yeah. of that out, so... Yeah. We'll, we, don't,
2: we'll, no, we don't need to go through all of his legal travails, really. No, yeah. no. Well, Let's, let's let, just say let's, he's had quite a few of them
1: yeah but let's let's just start here. So the story with Gary McKinnon starts before nine eleven in this country happened um we're talking what's that two thousand one two thousand one yeah that is correct
0: in case any of our listeners are not aware of mm
1: mm-hmm. hmm uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, a few months after the World Trade Centers were attacked, a uh, strange message appears on some U.S. Army computers, and it says, quote, Your security is crap. I'm solo. I will continue to disrupt at the highest levels, unquote. Mm-hmm. Which really kind of bugged some people, since everybody is a little wigged out that we've had this
2: giant quote-unquote terrorist, terrorist attack. attack at that point. Yeah. In this case, you know, McCannon was doing them a favor by letting them know how, you know, and the the military is historically, their cybersecurity has sucked. I sure hope they clean up their act. I
1: hope so too. And we're, we're yeah, going there's, there's so to get into just to it aside.
2: I want to let our listeners, tell our listeners about this really interesting book. It's called The Cuckoo's Egg by a guy named Cliff Stoll, S-T-O-L-L. And he was, he was working at, I can't remember what East Coast University he was at. But he discovered somebody was getting into their system. Uh-huh. and He, was a, he was, a, it was a Unix administrator, I believe. It's been a long time since I read the book. And that, that, was, that was in the old days of basically the DARPA net before we had the internet. Right. And so he found, he traced it, and he found that this guy was actually getting into their system through the computer system at a military base that was not far away, that they were linked to. Ah. And, so he, he, and so he was able to, by tracing it around, he actually traced this guy, this person, this hacker, to Germany, he went, He goes to the military. He goes to, and, and meets with the base commander at this base, and, and to tell him, "Hey, your computers are being penetrated. People are looking at all your files." And the, and the guy who was like a colonel said, "So what?" Why should I care? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's forward-thinking. I certainly right there. hope they clean up their act a little better than that. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they yeah. have. I'm so, sure so, they have.
0: And just for clarity's sake, is Solo the like hacker name or oh, whatever? Yeah, that it that is it. Being... Solo
1: is was the name that was signed to the messages that were showing up oh, okay. in the military's computer systems with with these little notes about how terrible they were. Okay, mm-hmm. so
0: it's not him saying it's just me. Like I am. Solo, right. He
1: he had a, a, okay. an identity online. It was Solo. And, okay, yep, got it. So And Solo, who was unknown at that point, was continuing to scan thousands of U.S. government machines and, as Joe had already alluded to, had found some really huge flaws in the security of Uh all of their systems. Between February of 2001 and March of 2002, Solo broke into almost 100 PCs in the Army, Navy, Air Force, NASA, and the Department of Defense. Solo surfed around, uh, evidently for a couple of months, copying files and passwords, and at one point he supposedly, and this I couldn't find confirmation of this, but he supposedly brought down the U.S. Army's entire Washington, D.C. network, taking out about 2,000 computers, taking them offline uh, for three days. Now, they say he did this by going in and monkeying with files and deleting files. There's some stuff where they say that he took out some uh, defense network, like missile command stuff. Uh, But again, this is all listed in news reports. When I went digging to find out exact records and transcripts of what the government says he did, I couldn't find it. I was, you know, I went to the NSA and all these places trying to find anything, and they, they never mentioned this guy. So it's evidently all covered up, That's and
2: probably Freedom of something Information Acts don't about. seem to be yeah.
1: un- uncovering exactly what they say
2: mm. he did. Well, they probably don't want to get too specific either. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure.
1: Now, so this all happens, and at the time, U.S. Attorney Paul McNulty... <laughs> He called this the biggest military computer hack of all time. This Uh,
2: is in 2002. This is uh, that they know of. That they know (laughs) of. That's exactly right. I bet there's been plenty of other great big ones they don't even know about. Well,
1: despite being so good at hacking into their systems, Solo evidently wasn't so good at covering his tracks Uh because they relatively quickly figured out who he was. And they traced him back in March of 2002 uh, to who he was. And they, it was a guy in the United Kingdom in London by the name of Gary McKinnon. He's a 36-year-old Scottish guy. And they sent the United Kingdom's National High-Tech Crime Unit to arrest him. Uh, and, uh, turns out that what he was doing is he didn't have a job at the time, so he was bored, so uh-huh. he was just surfing around on the net, and he was spending his days, as he says, indulging his obsession with UFOs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's convinced that there's all sorts of alien technology out there that we're hiding from the people. Yep. Yeah.
1: When, when he was first caught,
2: yeah. he,
1: uh, he was offered a chance for a plea bargain, mm you know, do a couple of years and we'll just let you go. And he refused to do that. He said he was threatening to release the information that he had discovered in order to get out. So basically, uh, no, I've got a bigger bargaining chip. The U.S. government didn't think so. So they continued to try to pursue him. They basically, they were trying to Extradite him to the states.
2: Yeah, and they, uh, they it was looking like it was go- it was going to happen, but eventually mm-hmm. the government put the nicks on that. Yeah, but uh, let's get into the UFO stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: so he's he's thinking about UFOs. So that's that's his reason for doing it. Uh, oh, McKinnon here. He claims that the UFOs were the main reason that he hacked into their systems, and he was convinced that the U.S. government was hiding alien anti-gravity technology and devices which he was planning to find and uncover and release for the benefit of humanity i yeah i just like
0: uh if okay if the united states of america has technology like anti-gravity devices advanced energy weapons etc don't you think it'd be harder to hack their systems you
2: would, would think You would think also That we would have things Like floating battleships And uh, you know And high energy laser devices Well and we stuff do like have that.
0: All those things Well <laughs>
2: well, sort of we'd, I'm, we'd, I'm not talking floating I mean battleships That float in the air And Yeah you know, I mean, No
0: we have those things They're just hidden Oh
2: I see <laughs> Yeah <laughs> good point Yeah
0: That's what clouds are Yeah
2: Oh yeah so clouds Are just battleships That yeah. makes sense yeah. Actually that would be a, That would be a really Really cool Badass system Well you just, haven't you seen
1: What's uh, the Avengers They They hide their floating Ship in a cloud constantly. I yeah. mean, that's that's kind of where they're going. Uh-huh. But but we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Sorry, here. sorry. Uh, okay. So here's a quote from McKinnon. He says, "I knew the government suppressed anti gravity, UFO related technologies, free energy, or what they call zero point energy. This should not be kept hidden from the public." When pensioners can't pay their fuel bills. Mm-hmm. So he's got a very altruistic reason, mm. but yeah. he was still committing a crime because he was hacking into a system. Yeah, Evidently what happened is at one point he had read, and I'd never heard of this book, he had read the uh, Hacker's Handbook, uh-huh. which... Evidently, gave him the basis of how to do all these hacks, and he used the techniques that were in the book, and he applied them to the U.S. government system to gain access, and and he found serious access, obviously, because uh, he kept yeah. getting in. Mm. So the question is, okay, well, if he got all this access, what did he actually find? Does sure. he find What you know, there's got to be something that he thought was such good bargaining chips. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things he found was an Excel spreadsheet. An Excel spreadsheet that was titled Non-Terrestrial Officers. Did he download this spreadsheet? No, yeah. he didn't. Wow, well, uh, that's, that's a looked smart at it. He looked at it. He looked at it, and there's some issues with why he did some of the things he, the way he did, but... Well, you would uh, think that he would have kept copies, huh?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Screenshots, at least. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it, it, this, this spreadsheet supposedly contained the names and ranks of U.S. Air Force personnel who weren't registered anywhere else... And it contained information about shipped ship transfers, but according to McKinnon, those were the names of ships that he didn't find listed anywhere else.
2: Uh huh. Now. Was it names like Enterprise and.? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Voyager, yeah, Voyager. What's on? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, he now the thing is when McKinnon says that it's non-terrestrial officers when he when he uses that term, you could instantly think, well, he th- he's saying that they're aliens. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not saying that it's aliens or that you know it's it's humans and aliens working together. He's saying that it's humans who are on non-terrestrial based ships. Mm. Yeah. So they are in space. Yeah, yeah
0: that makes sense. Yeah, it, it
1: does when you read into it that way. But I mean, it's... have we
0: not all seen the true life documentaries
1: of Star Trek?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and Star Wars. Uh, yeah, no, that's it's, it's absolutely true. And yeah. so, yeah. I'm buying it. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: well. here's what happens is when, his int- when he was detected, when they found him, this is how they, f- they figured out what was going on, is McKinnon was downloading a photo from NASA's Johnson Space Center of what he believed was a UFO. And according to McKinnon, and this is directly from an interview, this is what he says. He says, a NASA photographic expert said that there was a Building 8 at the Johnson Space Center where they regularly airbrushed out images of UFOs from high-resolution satellite images. I logged on to NASA and was able to access this department. They had huge, high-resolution images stored in their picture files, and they had filtered and unfiltered, or processed and unprocessed, photos. So this is this is what he's saying that, you know, he this is his his basis of this is what I found. And this is obvious why it's real. Mm. He continues on my dial up 56 K connection was very slow trying to download one of these files. Shocking. Yeah. As this was happening, I had remote control of their desktop, and by adjusting it to 4-bit color and low screen resolution, I was able to briefly see one of these pictures. It was a silvery, cigar-shaped object with geodesic spheres on either side. There was no visible seams or riveting, there was no reference to the size of the object, and the picture was taken, presumably, by a satellite looking down on it. The object didn't look man-made or anything like what we had created. Because I was using a Java application, I could only get a screenshot of the pictures. It didn't go into my temporary internet files. And at my crowning moment, someone at NASA discovered what I was doing and I was disconnected. Oh,
0: dang! I don't know. Wait. But he, he got a screenshot of it. so yeah. it, should, it should be on his computer.
2: All, that... of his, all of his computers, of course, were
1: seized. Sure, but... And
2: then not returned. So he didn't like store it on a thumb drive or something like that.
1: No, he didn't make copies. Evidently, he wasn't uh, didn't have the foresight for that. Would have been yeah. a floppy, right? <clears throat> at that point, um, it was, possibly uh, it could have been a CD. 2001, could have been CDs. Yeah, but not a, not yeah. a flash drive. No, that's, really. a good flash po- drive. that's a good point. Zip yeah. drive, maybe. I forgot maybe. About that, Old yeah. zip drive. Here's my, uh, I, I don't want to poo-poo what Gary says he found, but I do have an issue with the image that he says he saw when he took it to a 4-bit resolution uh, at low resolution, or 4-bit color at low resolution. Yeah. That is really, really rough. Uh, You know, I mean, you're talking only four colors. Yeah. That is hard to see anything at. So I question his descriptions of being silvery and smooth and not seeing rivets.
0: Yeah, there's no way. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, at that kind of res, it's going to be near impossible to see any kind of detail. Plus, he's on such a slow connection. I can understand, you know, it's like when, you know, back 10, 15 years ago when you're waiting for an image to load and just line by line, I it's know. showing up on your monitor it's, and you're
2: waiting, it's waiting. It's hard to remember those days when it, modems were so much slower than they are today. Oh, yeah.
1: It's, yeah. It's, it is. It's it is. hard to keep that in perspective. Yeah. So obviously, as we said, he got busted in November of 2000. Wait, I'm
0: sorry. Is that all he found? <clears throat>
1: He well, found he found the, the ship-to-ship transfers. And he found the pictures. And, and he one,
0: found the pictures. The one low grainy picture. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: That was something. Okay. Those are taken. the things that he says he found. Now, okay. he didn't say what kind of satellite photo it was. Did it? Was it a military spy satellite? He didn't say. A, yeah.
1: I, I've never found what kind of satellite. I don't think he knows. He found uh-huh. it in a, a folder
2: uh-huh. that said
1: filtered and unfiltered. And that's all he found. Hmm. And filtered could have been as innocuous as they were filtering it to adjust colors or something like that. Oh, yeah. So that it was accurate photos and not the grass is blue and the brown buildings are red. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been as simple as that. But mm. uh, we don't know. But it could have been. But he, he gets busted and he was indicted by a federal grand jury from this country and that indictment contained seven counts of computer related crime each of which had a up to 10 year jail sentence attached to him wow so if he'd got extradited to this country he potentially could have been locked up for 70 years mm-hmm. that's a
2: <clears throat> that's something that the um, our federal prosecutors do a lot by the way a little aside throw here. the book well they throw they throw so many charges at, at you that uh, an, You reasonably, and this is this is, I think, a pretty troubling thing that they do these days. It's a routine thing. They'll throw so many charges at you, on the theory that, well, a reasonable jury will say, well, we're not really sure, but you must be guilty of something. So we'll find him guilty of this one charge at least. So you know that we'll get charges. you for something, yeah. Even they, if it's not the right. They thing. are going to get you for something, and it's like it's kind of appalling, actually. Yeah, but, it is. Yeah. It's it's a little so bit. so much from my little editorial. It's okay. There, but, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, it, it took ten years for this whole thing to be kind of put to bed because he fought for ten years extradition wow. to mm-hmm. the states. Yeah. Um, That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of is. Now, the UK finally decided that even though they had signed what was called the Extradition Act 2003 which was something that, and I had to, I had to go gr- straight to Wikipedia to kind of get this. Uh, it was implemented in 2003, and it's an extrad- extradition treaty with the U.S. where the U.S. did not need to provide contestable evidence. In other words, they didn't have to provide ironclad evidence they could just say we have some evidence and we want to extradite you Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: so they didn't have to prove guilt to extradite to prove guilt again correct they just had to say "Um, you might be guilty yeah
1: Basically, Interesting. yeah. Okay. We want to bring him here to put him on trial to prove if he really is guilty or not. Mm. Which is a little that's that's kind of a disconcerting treaty to have in place. Yeah, yeah. But you know, everybody was panicked at that point, you know, with the, the war on terrors begun as as it was called mm. in this country, and so they were willing to do whatever they quote unquote had to mm. to keep everybody safe. But and I can
0: see that this could take ten years. I mean, just Oh yeah. Uh, the argument of like him being a citizen of Scotland, right? In the UK, committing a crime that is technically it's
1: technically an international crime, right. but it's a computer crime. But so
0: like was it committed in America? Was it committed you know, it was committed against America certainly, mm-hmm. but like, where, yeah, I can totally see all those arguments. Yeah, Plus, crazy.
2: The legal system grinds very slowly. It does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It
1: does, and and there was a lot of uh, of high-ranking officials who had this on their desk when they were elected in uh, in England, who just let it sit there and sit there until in uh, 2012 it finally was addressed. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, ah, we just got to take care of this. And uh, what they did is they finally decided that they weren't going to extradite him mm. because they believed that it was so likely to cause McKinnon such mental hardship that the likelihood of him doing harm to himself himself also known as suicide Mm. was too high a risk and they said no we're not going to do it so they're worried about his you know his health and well-being and figuring well if we send him overseas Mm. he's going to do something pretty extreme to himself
2: Mm. before or while there i've got to remember that next time i get they're trying to extradite me (laughs) i'm gonna kill myself yeah "Yeah." Uh, i don't know about that
1: Yeah. yeah well here's the thing one of the things that really helped McKinnon with the extradition is that in 2008, somebody was watching interviews with him. There was a psychologist who mm. I think it was a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I don't remember which one.
0: Same thing, really. Essentially. <laughs>
1: who was watching him and watching his behavior and got in touch with him, brought him in and did tests and figured out that he has Asperger's. Mm. And I'm uh, just, can somebody help me here explain what Asperger's is? Cause I'm not real good at this.
0: It's like a re- like a socially adept version. Well, as socially as adept as you can be of uh, autism. Mm-hmm. People can still have social interactions. It's not like so disconnected mm-hmm. like a lot of places on the autism scale are, but it's still, it's still autism. It's like, it's, they it's, describe it as like a very mild autism. I was say
1: high functioning yeah. version, I think is, is the way I've seen it described. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. folks who have it tend to get very focused on mm-hmm. things, which mm-hmm. they used as an explanation of why Gary did what he did. He just, he focused in and he just honed in. I and guess I don't know that after you can
0: really use Asperger's or really autism in general, but certainly I, it. It's odd to me that you could use Asperger's as as a defense on mm. why you yeah. committed a crime of any kind. Really.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I wouldn't. Well,
1: all, all I know is that it was one of the the factors that they took mm. into consideration, I mean, and that s- helped his case.
0: Certainly, to take you know a mental state into consideration. You know, I mean, there, what was that like the the Snickers trial or whatever. Oh, right. the, the the Twinkie the, defense? Yeah, the Twinkie defense. Like that the guy who worked. Yeah, you shot uh, milk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that oh. worked. So obviously there's a precedent for like things that don't actually totally fit and making them fit. But that, this one in particular is odd to me. Also, just because I have a problem with what it implies about people with Asperger's. Yeah. But. No, no, no.
1: You, you have a point there. <laughs> and I, and that's why I wanted help with this, because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to, to hit it on the head. And I don't think that we've probably nailed it as accurately as we should. Mm. But it's, it's a good kind of, kind you, of soft overview yeah. of what, if what you it don't, is. If you don't well, know Asberg,
0: well, just look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Okay, so that's, that's Gary. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the theories about... What he might have actually found that would have freaked the U.S. government so, I guess, wait, so out so, so much, and he
0: he was never charged with anything, and he's a free man right now. Well, he's or? a free
2: man. Yes, I think okay. he's a free man as long as he doesn't set foot in the U.S. He I doesn't mean, set foot yeah. in the U.S.
1: and he cannot use a computer that is connected to the internet. That oh. is one of the uh, the, stat, oh. the 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 stipulations. Oh my God! I mean, in the fun. modern day, in the modern day, he Ooh. he's he's got he's walking around papers. He was on. Uh, probation for a long, long time. Always had to check in every night at the police, and then had to go home. But he and he was a computer tech, is what he did for a living. That's hard. And so that's now he hard, cannot yeah. touch a computer ever again that Ouch. is on the internet. So and yeah, that is really hard on a in a, in a world like this. He's never going to hear this show.
2: No, unless somebody else no. downloads it for him. Yeah, maybe somebody will download it, and put it on his iPod for him. What, yeah, did- and if, if if that's the case, hi Gary. <laughs>
0: But i yeah i can 't even imagine
1: all right well let 's let 's do this let 's go into some of these theories now i 've kind of just sussed this out to two sides of the story mm. or two sides of what he could
2: have found it 's true or it 's not true
1: well the the things that he could have found or you know what he mm. couldn 't have found essentially, but the problem is that this is a bit of a rat 's nest. This could spin out, I mean, this is one of those stories, if we're going to go into hidden technology or alien technology, it's one of those ones that could just mushroom cloud out on us. So I'm trying to keep it focused in. So while there's a a lot of things that people say he could have found, we're only going to kind of focus on a small number
2: (laughs) of them. Mm, Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, So let's start off with the first one, uh, which is that according to some people, If it's real, McKinnon found proof that the US government has been in contact with aliens for over 50 years. There's some points from official records uh, and government documents and memoirs that are out there that people point to as kind of the tip of the iceberg proving that this is the case. And one of those is President Ronald Reagan and his memoirs or his his diary and his notes in, in a, there's a quote from his personal diaries, which is out there. It's a book you can buy, but he says, and this is, this is a line from it. It says, lunch with five top space scientists. It was fascinating. Space truly is the last frontier. And some of the developments there in astronomy, et cetera, are like science fiction, except they're real. I learned that our shuttle capacity is such that we could orbit 300 people.
2: Yeah. But that's uh, that's a little ambiguous, or that's a little ambiguous. Excuse me. It (laughs) Uh, is because
1: here's here's the part that's screwy with that. At the time, there were eight. uh, There our space shuttles held a maximum of eight people, and we had five of them. Mm -hmm. So that is forty people. Yeah. So where were the other two hundred and sixty going to go?
2: Well, you know, but the, the statement that. Our shuttle capacity is such that we could orbit 300 people, it just means that, that we have enough shuttles and they can go often enough that if we had a place to put 300 people in orbit, then it, the, that would be kind of the max mm-hmm. in terms of the shuttle bringing them out there, taking them home, bringing supplies and spare parts and everything else. That's more likely what they were saying. Is that And it's that, that could very we well be blocking, possible. Yeah, if we had a big-ass yeah, you know, space station.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. But according to all of these people who are, are considered military and corporate whistleblowers, that's the, the phrase that I kept coming across, mm. they're saying that we've got a highly classified fleet of aircraft carrier-sized anti-gravity vehicles that are currently operating in outer space. Mm-hmm. Well, I want
2: to say, first of all, if that's true, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really awesome. Uh, I really uh, want to believe that's true. So let's prove that this is true.
1: Okay. okay. All right. We'll we'll, do, we'll try and do that for you, Joe.
0: Yeah. Well, we just, I mean, I think we probably posted it on Facebook, but in the last month or so, there's been that huge... Development in um propulsion systems for mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. which is um super interesting and also one of those kind of weird like it so defies physics and so defies everything that the like how uh, you know one could wonder how long have we actually had technology like this Mm -hmm. or like where is this technology very swiftly in huge leaps and bounds leading us Mm -hmm. you know and i think that a lot of proponents of theories like this kind of argue that this is technology that the government has had for a long time and is like really ready to do some stuff with and you know the the Population at large is ready to see that stuff happen, but that they're like trying to figure out a way to like explain how like humans came up with it by themselves. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, yeah. complete with the Shatner weird hand things that I was just doing. Yeah, I know, but... yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's possible if they're trying to like cover their tracks and cover the UFO connection by slowly dribbling the technology out and eventually arriving at that what point. What are mm-hmm. cell
0: phones if not alien technology, man? Yeah. Well, it's
2: pretty alien to what I experienced <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> I will tell you
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and this is the thing is that, you know, this is one of those things, these theories that McKinnon points to to prove that yes, we do have this technology that's available to to give us this free or basically free or much cheaper and probably potentially cleaner energy sources Mm. than what we're using right now. There's Mm. nothing
0: cleaner than the sun, man.
1: No. Well, you know, here's the, (laughs) here's the other thing that I keep wondering about. Okay. Well, let's, let's look at them flip sides. So let's say, yeah, there, we really do possess this technology, Mm -hmm. but what if that technology to, to operate it is super, super dirty compared to what we use now? For propulsion of rockets and cars and all of that, like what if it requires Mm -hmm. some crazy nuclear reaction Mm. that just makes gads a waste? Well, actually, then maybe that's why they're not releasing it because it's so dirty and it's so bad. Yeah, I think that
0: these these kind of conspiracy theory things really assume that the people in power are like pretty awful they're
1: nefarious yeah yeah. you know
0: and that's like widespread systematic problem and i just don't know enough people that are that awful
2: yeah yeah you know i mean
0: like so either there would be a really good reason like steve says right that like actually it's way worse and so they're keeping it a secret until they can kind of figure out if there's a way to alter it or whatever, or, or refine it, yeah, we don't have it. I mean, like, yeah. you know, and it's, somehow I've become the naysayer on this episode about aliens. But I, you know, it's this kind of nef- assumption of like super nefarious behavior,
2: terrible people. Yeah, you know? well, you know, yeah. And if it's if that's the case, if it's really dirty, maybe that's why they're not using it. That know, it's, but, yeah, 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 just, but, yeah,
1: but nobody ever says that. They say it, it's obviously an example that we have it and it's got to be super clean because mm-hmm. it's anti-gravity. But, yeah you know i mean we there's a lot of things that we think we thought were super clean energy sources i mean nu- nuclear is an easy example when it first mm-hmm. came out nuclear is super clean and uh-huh. so cheap and then we discovered it actually makes a lot of bad stuff happen and potentially can yeah. have some mm-hmm. terrible ramifications it, can, yeah, it can
2: and not always necessarily. no not always it can, it can they were definitely careless back in the early days They mm-hmm. exposed a lot of people to radiation yeah. and fallout yeah. and, that, uh, and nobody was aware yeah well, but anyway the, anti, the anti-gravity thing, who knows? I mean, it might, be, might not be dirty in the sense that it, it creates a lot of waste or anything like that or toxins. And maybe it just makes people sort of come apart at the seams. I mean, maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe you, you, you pass through that anti gravity field and boom, you <laughs> explode. Yeah. It's
1: like uh, the the transporters in Star Trek when mm-hmm. they were first figured them out, and they would liquefy people. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: there, there's like a movie or TV show. There's some use of anti gravity. You know, they do the the close up of it, and it's just like guzzling fuel and like shooting out like black smoke Into mm-hmm. the atmosphere. But like it's anti gravity, so we're using it. So, you know, that's totally the th- sort of thing that people today would totally do. You know, we would just ignore. Yeah, we totally would ignore the fact that it would be like really awful for the future generations. Well, and you know, because it's so cool, it's anti gravity, awesome.
2: You know, well, there's there's a trade off there too. I mean, you guys have heard of the space elevator, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's uh, the one of the big problems with that is tr- the, the cost of transporting all the materials necessary to build this thing into orbit, which would be vast. Mm-hmm. But once you've got that there and you've got the space elevator going. Space travel is dirt cheap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that'd be a great use of it. It's like, okay, we're going to dirty the environment a little bit, but we're going to use this anti-gravity platform to put all that stuff out there just this one time, you know, build that e- one, build that elevator, and then famous
0: last words, well, just this we'll, one, and
2: then we'll we'll use it to put like about fifty nuclear warheads in orbit, and then, then we'll be done with it. But <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, everything be awesome. will be Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've totally gone be good. so
0: far off track. We, yeah, we are way off Sorry. track.
2: We are. But well, let's let's go to
1: the the next thing, yeah. here, Which is, do you remember when uh, I talked about? The ship to ship or the non terrestrial officers with the ship to ship transports. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Okay, and we talked about the Avengers ship, so this is that aircraft carrier size ship floating in space. Well, there's. I actually
0: think it's the Shield spacecraft, but but that's just semantics. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you
2: for correcting me on that. You're welcome. I think I like to think it's like that that really enormous Romulan ship from the two Star Trek movies? Oh, remember the first yeah. Star Trek movie that recently came out? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah remember that thing that was about the size of Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Okay. Like, Steve,
0: yeah. I really just didn't want you to be embarrassing yourself.
1: Uh, well, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm only a little bit of a comic nerd, so this way you, you're correcting me on my bad usage. I know. Uh, when we start talking about Ewoks, really watch out because okay. I get them all mixed up. I'm sure. I love
2: Ewoks. <laughs> I, want, I want a pet Ewok. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, back to these ships. Yeah. So the, the proponents of this theory that there is that anti-gravity technology and that we really do have ships up in space point to a couple of things. And these things are really, really unconfirmed. In other words, I tried to find, I've seen mention of it, but I've never found anything that where these this information
2: Came from. Came from an Excel spreadsheet. It
1: just mysteriously appears on the internet. But here's what it is. From those transfer logs, people say the McKinnon saw the names of two ships. One is the USS LeMay. Wait. Bear with me. And the USS Hillencoder. I believe that's how you pronounce
2: it. Hillencoder, Hillencoder, I don't know. I'm not
1: sure. Okay. Now here's here's I know where your confusion yeah. in, is. U S S S three S's.
2: Yeah. yeah United a normal, States spaceship.
1: Yes, it's oh. normally it's a United States ship is two S's. Mm-hmm. United States spaceship is where the third S is coming from in this.
0: Is that but? Huh.
2: They, could, they should have called them USSR for the United States space rocket. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been much well, cooler. I'm just
0: thinking about you know again going back to the like you know of course documentary of. The Enterprise. It was just the USS Enterprise, wasn't uh-huh. it?
2: Yeah. So, yeah. That was you know, like the United Spaceship or something. Or something like that. Something I like can't that. Remember yeah. that.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't. Oh, remember I guess exactly at
0: that point, it right? It wasn't like the United States. It was like the United Federation. World Federation. United yeah. Federation. Exactly it. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm there. Okay. Well. USS. Here's,
1: yes, the USS. So we've got the Lemay and the Hill encoder, as I'm calling it, because mm. I don't know the exact pronunciation. Sure. Well, there's actually some history on both of those names. Really? There's General Curtis LeMay, who was, and this is, this is the whole story here on him, is he was friends with a retired Air Force Reserve Major General and former Senator from Arizona, Barry Goldwater. Goldwater believed that there was a UFO cover-up in the government, Mm. and he suspected that LeMay knew about it, and there there was supposedly evidence that there was some room in Wright-Patterson Air Force Base called the Blue Room, which was supposed to contain all the secret UFO information. Goldwater told the media several times that he had asked LeMay about this room, and LeMay had got really upset and said, not only can't you get into it, but don't you ever mention it to me again. I just uh, feel like
0: a U.S. Mm-hmm. Senator from Arizona, where, where is?
1: Ohio. Oh. Senator Dayton. Evidently. Never mind.
0: I was going to say the U.S. Senator of the state in which it's housed it's housed you would you would at least think you know the general would be like listen dude chill yeah you can't talk about it.
1: But, but you know, the thing is, is this this was back, you know, in the 40s and 50s, supposedly, when this happened. Or maybe it was the 60s. I can't uh, remember the exact date at the moment. But this is during a time when we have a Cold War going on. Yeah. So that might have been a room that held Nazis. secrets oh, not about yeah, the UFOs, Nazis yeah. yeah but, it could have but about been. the Russians yeah, or could, somebody else.
2: Or it could also just be as simple as LeMay um, was really sick and tired and fed up with all this UFO. Mm-hmm. Yes, he kept hearing about it. The people kept pestering about it. And he was just uh, exasperated. He yeah. said... Hey, I don't want to hear about UFOs anymore.
1: But if it, yeah. if he was the guy who, was, who knew about that and somehow had control, that would explain why one of the ships is named LeMay. We go to the other one, the second ship. There is a man by the name of Admiral Roscoe Hillencoder, and he was the first director of the CIA, and he was also a member of a UFO research organization, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. When was that a thing? Uh, that was in the 50s. And uh, of course it because was. Because in 1960, the, the New York Times reported that he had sent a letter to Congress indicating this the following statement. Behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned with UFOs, but through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are being led to believe that these fly-in, flying objects are nonsense.
0: Okay. ah, yeah. uh, We've talked about this before, and I'm just going to talk about it again real quick. We always assume that UFOs refers to something that is extraterrestrial mm-hmm. right.
2: But it's actually just something that's It just means that it's yeah. unidentified.
0: And like the government has come out and said, yeah, we test prototype planes all the time. Mm-hmm. Are you uh-huh. kidding me? They're stealth operations. We're developing new things. We're not, of course, we're not going to just like come out and be like, hey, general public, just so you know, uh, we got a brand new prototype of something we're going to try out. We spent millions of dollars on it and we might crash it, but it's going to be cool. You might see it flying around. Yeah. Of course, they're not going to say that. So, you know, in order to say like a UFO, at any level and rant
2: apologies rant okay yeah. and also you know i mean if uh they they would they would have to investigate these things like say if if, if somebody's spotting something flying around Especially
1: well, during the Cold War. Yeah,
2: you want to find out if maybe Russia is you know, actually you know, flying spy planes over us or something. You want to look into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it totally does. But th- that's, that's why people say there's significance to those two names being the names of these ships. Sure. Yeah. It's also the fact that it then leads into what is known as the Majestic 12.
0: Yeah, that but b- sounds like a Avengers team.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know. But before we de- delve into that, so so McKinnon is the one who came up with the names of these two ships, right? He's, he's the one who reported seeing these in the Excel spreadsheet.
1: Supposedly, he saw these names on the spreadsheets, yes. But yeah. that is completely unconfirmed. I've never seen any official thing from him, in quotes, these are the names that I saw. Mm. So it might be something that somebody dovetailed in. I mean, yeah. I guess
0: they're pretty obscure references. At least the LeMay. Well, I, I think
1: bit. that they, they tie into this Majestic 12 okay. bit, okay. though, is, is what the problem is. and I think, that's, I think that it's one built on the other. Mm. And, and again, I'm not saying that it was dovetailed in and that McKinnon didn't say this. But I can't prove it, so sure. this is I've just got to lay the facts and say, well, I can see how A fits to B fits to C. Oh,
0: and do that's, that unsolved mystery solving. Thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. you
1: know, I'm just trying to deduce what's going on. So that's that's my oh, best. Okay. So here's what the majestic twelve is. Okay. The majestic twelve is alleged to have been the code name of a secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials formed in 1947 by an executive order from Harry S. Truman, who was president at the time. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of this committee was stated as being the investigation of the reports of flying saucer sightings that had been received by the U.S. military intelligence. And in particular, they were looking at the possible... Um, the the physics and the technology that would be required for that kind of propulsion. So they're looking into, okay, well, we're scientists, so if somebody says it did this, can we figure out how that might have happened? And that's kind of a, a simplification of what it is. Yeah, so they were
0: like the Mythbusters,
1: Kind of. For
0: UFOs. Kind of. Got
1: it. But here's the thing, is this was formed in 47, and what really started, Really sets off a lot of people is that it was June or was it July of 1947 that the Roswell incident happened?
2: Yeah, I don't remember. So
1: this is the same year. So this just lights a fire under people to make that connection.
2: Mm. But yeah, other than that, it's hard. And know, nobody knows what Majestic 12 was all about, actually. Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: And here's the funny thing is, um, Coder, he, if you remember, I'd said that he had put out that, that memo in 1960 about, we need to, we need to be more transparent about mm. these things. All of the sudden, at one point he just stopped, stopped talking about UFOs. He went dead silent on the topic. So then people figure, well, that must be about the time that he was inducted into the Majestic 12.
0: Inducted. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Into the, the secret, the cult. secret,
1: you know, the secret uh, government organization that's dealing with UFOs. It, it makes me think of um, that Will Smith movie. Was what was the one where the aliens came and he, uh, oh, he flew yeah. the alien ship up at their Independence Arm- Day. Yeah, it makes me think of Independence Day when you know they they suddenly they're they're with the president and they're in Area 41 and nobody knew that this really existed. Uh, we I We kept it secret because you wanted to have plausible. Deniability. I mean, it, it, this this is uh, this is pervasive, and it's a, it's a topic or a, a behavior that we've seen in a lot of things. But I don't know if it's real or not. But people just really grab onto it. I yeah. I always
2: yeah. just. It's like, you know, I have no idea, but probably not. Yeah.
0: I always think of the Futurama episode about Roswell whenever we talk about Roswell.
1: And I don't remember that. I don't either. Oh,
0: they accidentally time travel back into the past, and it turns out that the Planet Express ship is... The UFO, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you know, Harry Truman shows up in like a box of deviled eggs. It's just like a crate label, deviled eggs, and he just like kickboxes his way out, and like there are. It's it's good. It's it's a really uh, a I'll really to, awesome. I have episode. to
1: pull that up. That's on Netflix. I'll have to pull. Oh yeah up. yeah yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. that's that's also that reminds me of another thing that came out a couple of years ago. Some woman came up with a book that uh, explained the Roswell incident, which was that it was a it was an advanced Soviet craft. And uh, the Nazis apparently had done al- al- experiments on altering human physiology, mm-hmm. and so they apparently took some of these. They had captured some of these, these, basically human beings who had been altered by the Nazis, and stuffed them into this uh, this craft that they did, and flew it into Roswell and crashed it there because they wanted to scare the crap out of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's in this book, and this is that's, a real book that somebody wrote. That's you know, that's the, not, the, the basis
1: of the whole book.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh exactly. Right. It was a Soviet thing, yeah, with Nazi altered midgets, and uh, yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, All I, right.
2: I never got around to reading that one.
1: I. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Why? It I know. Sounds like a riveting read. <laughs> uh,
2: I've only got so many so many reading hours in the day. Yeah.
1: Well, let's move to the next theory that that kind of steps away from some of that, and that is uh, the Disclosure Project. Uh, what, one of the inspirations that, that McKinnon had was the Disclosure Project, and it's run by a group called C-SETI, it's, so it's C-S-E-T-I, and they're they're headed by a guy by the name of Dr. Stephen Greer.
0: Are they connected to SETI at all?
1: Uh, no. No, they are not. <laughs> okay, But C-SETI, and this is right on their website, this is how they explain themselves. There's a lot of quotes in this episode, I just realized. <laughs> The Disclosure Project is a research project working to fully disclose the facts about UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligent, and classified advanced energy and propulsion systems. We have over 500 government, military, and intelligent community witnesses testifying to their direct, personal, first hand experience with UFOs, ETs, ET technology, and the cover up that keeps this information secret.
2: Uh-huh. End quote. Cover up ain't working so, so well, I suppose, that they have 500 people that are supposedly talking.
1: Well, yeah, they, they say they have all of these people on record, on videotape, uh, or video. they've recorded them. Videotape mm-hmm. is probably not the right term, but they've recorded all of their interviews about what they saw and, and interacted with. And uh, do,
0: are they online somewhere? Are they, like, available so to the public? Or? Disclosure
1: put out a, uh, they they have a, it's almost a two-hour documentary about them and what they're after, mm. and it's called Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S, I believe is how you pronounce it. All right. Um, I watched it, and it's a lot about their beliefs, and... What's the best way to explain the way that they look at it? They they believe that extraterrestrials are coming to this planet, and they have been coming to this planet for a long time. Okay. But they're actually multidimensional beings... So, what's going on is that they will they will record the sky there's a dot moving, and then that dot fades out and they disappear.
0: oh, they're jumping dimensions
1: they're jumping dimensions they they use a lot of meditative techniques they all sit outside and stare at the sky and they watch for these things it's It's very different. Mm. It's a very different approach to finding space aliens. But they also say that they have a lot of evidence that we have this technology and that that Technology is known about and being suppressed. Now, so so
2: let me get this straight. They have a two-hour film or video out on the internet, mm-hmm. and in this, they talk about their philosophy and all this stuff, but they don't present a single shred of evidence.
1: Well, they do have some. What they they do have evidence that they present as to why it's real and why it's being suppressed. Uh-huh. But it's a two-hour movie, so it's very hard to, to condense into a, a two-minute explanation. I guess
0: it also does make sense that it, it, if they want their movie to be seen, they probably don't want to put the information that's trying to be suppressed in it, uh-huh. right? Because then the movie will be suppressed and then they can't get their information well, I, out. You have to well, do it in like measured doses.
1: And, and here's, here's their measured dose. They say that the government has the tech or they know the tech exists. Hmm. And that likely they've been in contact with or they've taken technology from aliens. And while they could disclose that to everybody and put it out there for the world to know about and use, Mm. there's a major problem and that's a financial one. And the financial problem is that we're very dependent on fossil fuels. And according to them, there are four major companies that are out there that provide this fossil fuel. At the same time, there are four major financial institutions in this country and each one of those is married to one of those companies that provides all those fossil fuels. Uh, yes, the and they don't want course. to let it out there because then they're gonna lose all of their revenue and their mm. profits from our dependence on fossil fuels.
2: Well, so yeah, but you know, stories like this have been around since I was a kid. I oh, mean, I know. When I was a kid, there was always talk about oh, somebody invented a car That'll run on water, and then these guys showed up from GM and and took his plans and beat him up real good and and stuff. You know, the thing about it is, is that free energy. Even if there's never there's never going to be any such thing as just free energy. Mm -hmm. It's always going to cost something, and you're you're going to have to build power plants or whatever uh, and still generate this stuff. And so, you know, there's always going to be a profit to be made off of it. Yep. So, yeah. I
0: mean, you know, solar energy is a great example of this, right? I mean, it's super cheap to like install your solar panels and just have your own energy and like point uh, them to the right place in the sky. But like, nobody does that. Well, just nobody does that anymore. Well,
2: it's not cheap. The panels are not that cheap, and they're also, getting cheaper. They're, but getting, they're not. getting cheaper, but they'll they'll never be. It'll never be competitive with oil or coal.
1: Well, and, and the other problem is is that the power companies. Are geared to generate electricity. Mm-hmm. So when you're generating electricity and you're trying to pour it back into the system, they have no way to store it. Yeah. Oh, that's so it. they will they they uh, Hawaii is a prime example. Everybody there's so many people that use solar energy there and they run off of it, but the power company Actually, takes a very small fraction of the energy that they capture and allows it back into the grid because they have no way to store it. Uh-huh. There's and it would overload the system. Yeah. So maybe if they, instead of work so hard at generating power, figured out how to store it to then reuse it or release it at night or whatever, mm-hmm. this would make sense. But these, you know, the proponents are saying, well, of course they don't want to do that because then they would lose money because they would be paying me for the energy that I pipe in from my solar panels. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: There yeah. lies the and rub. It's, it's not. Uh, yeah. And, and the storage itself. I mean. You can store it yourself if you want to fill your basement with batteries mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, the power company could store it in reservoirs of water, for example, by pumping water uphill. That adds a lot of another layer of expense to the technology yeah. yep uh, same with uh, so this this free energy thing I think it 's quite possible that if it exists and if there 's this big conspiracy conspiracy surrounding it because of oil companies whatever, mm-hmm. well, what you do is you is you turn the technology over to those guys and so they can get out of the oil business and they can get into the you know the energy business. I mean, they're in the mm-hmm. energy business now. Why yeah. not, Jen? You know, so it, 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 it,
1: it's simple from our perspective. It's, it's very simple. It's very easy to say, well, this is bad and this is a little better. Why don't you transition yeah. over mm-hmm. it's but when you're trying to prove profits or provide profits to your board and your investors and you say, Hey, so that thing that makes us all that money, we're actually going to scale that back, and we're mm. going to sink a bunch of money into this other thing, so you're not going to make as much for a while, maybe a long time. Mm. Eh, well, you know, they usually get a little resistance when they when they say they well, want to go that direction. Yeah,
2: well, they're not, not going to need to scale back on oil sales. And actually, when you think about it, you know, the, the great thing about it is if the U.S. government has this, then it can turn the technology over to private companies. Mm-hmm. The banks that have investments in these private companies probably also have investments in, in other fossil fuel companies overseas. Mm-hmm. So they can, they can of course, they'll all be in collusion with each other. They can yeah. divest themselves of those investments over yeah, I, a reasonable yeah, period of time. This, this makes sense yeah, as to yeah.
1: why, if it did exist, why it wouldn't already be out there, because financially that just, that path makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. say you
2: turn it over to Exxon or, and a few other companies and give them exclusive patent rights over this thing, Mm -hmm. and then they say, hey, foreign countries, you can have this great power generation capacity. We're going to run the plant and keep this technology a secret, but it's cheaper than anything else out there, mm -hmm. and so we could actually dominate energy production all around the world. I mean, it it would be awesome.
0: I a little bit don't want to go without saying, I'm looping a little bit back right now, that I'm always interested in how these theories are always like, ah, the U S government has all this extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. information, you know, like, okay, we, are we the biggest country in the world? No, that's Russia. Are we like the most superpower? If you were looking down on the earth and trying to like, kind of figure out who you would want to like, communicate with would it be america probably not so it's always interesting to me when these theories are like well the u.s government has all this technology and it's like so egotistical in my mind uh-huh. and actually if you're listening and want to have a further conversation this is the conversation that some of our listeners know i am happy to have it yeah. <laughs> via but, email but, but, but uh
2: but uh you know actually if you're an alien looking down on the planet and you're deciding which which country to go comm- make contact with mm-hmm. the u.s actually makes sense because we're We are the most developed country in terms of things like infrastructure. If you're an alien, you just count things like dams and just number of light bulbs that are burning at night and, you know, big buildings, big cities, stuff like that. Maybe it's just because all
0: of the stuff in in the sky is USS.
2: Yeah, I mean, also, (laughs) yeah, it's that too. But also Europe obviously would be a pretty good candidate too. Yeah, Um, they uh, would. Yeah but so, Russia would not be a good candidate it's big but it's kind of a third world country
1: yeah wow. they're they're a little behind the times but that's that's a mm-hmm. completely different topic yeah all right well well that's the that is the disclosure project mm. and that is again one of the things that uh, that Gary McKinnon really seems to have based his initial decision to go on this search for And they do talk, uh, the Disclosure Project does talk about some of the things that Joe started to talk Mm. about a little bit ago about the free energy bit. Sorry, yeah. Uh-huh. And and I want to go into that because, and again, this, this is this is going to be a very quick surface overview of this bit of the topic because this is another one of those things that could just explode into 10 shows on its own. Uh, and I'm only going to touch on a couple of them briefly. Okay. I think before we get too far into the theories or, or these cases, we should probably just real quick define kind of what free energy is.
0: Sure. And, yeah. and
1: again, this is one of those things sometimes wikipedia has the the simplest way to explain things you just got a verbatim i got a verbatim directly from wikipedia it's not for lack of trying but it's just the simplest most direct explanation of it so like
0: crowdsourcing works or something
1: something like that crazy Uh, so according to wikipedia the quote for what is free energy the type of devices that are allegedly suppressed include perpetual motion machines Cold fusion generators, torus based generators, reverse-engineered extraterrestrial technology, and other generally unproven or pseudoscientific low-cost energy sources. Uh-huh. <sighs> and so by the way, if what? you... Well,
2: what is a torus-based generator? I
1: had to look that up. Yeah. It is the I can't. It is so hard to explain, but it's basically two spheres in motion, and there's there's a horn torus and a sphere torus and a ring torus. It's it's some serious math, and I watched a a, a little illustration of it, a little video of how these things work, and it was cool looking. Was oh, it the spinning? It's it's like there's a donut and then the donut comes together and then it sphere pulls together into a sphere it's it's super complex and there's a giant math equation on how it works but evidently or how it would work how it would work and it evidently can generate gads of of power
2: Uh-huh I don't that, know that. that it for only sure. requires the inputs of a Gads plus ten power. Oh no! Oh, well, no, <laughs> that's no! That's a, it's, that's a, that's a problem. It's minuscule
1: with... amounts, and then it, it self-generates. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there's there is, uh, according to the vernacular, um, you know, all of these stories of people who have come up with technology that then got suppressed, and these are some of the ones that get pointed at by uh, the Disclosure Project from SETI. And one of those is there's a guy by the name of Dr. Henry Murray, and he supposedly invented a device that could absorb energy from a vacuum. And so it would just absorb energy, and then, you know, you could use it to run whatever you wanted. Mm -hmm. And then his machines were stolen and destroyed, and he could never make it again before he died. There's, of course, Tesla. So everybody always points to Nikola Tesla for his free energy and all these crazy things that he came up with. Wireless energy, man. Yep, wireless
2: energy. But I don't know if that was ever free energy, was it?
1: Uh, I don't... Re- they, they point to wireless energy as a free energy source. Really? Okay. And, and I, and I, again, his stuff is a little bit above
2: my pay grade, so yeah. I never understood. He's yeah, just <laughs> above everybody. <laughs> no, I, I seem to recall that the, the Tesla did actually have an idea for uh, transporting energy wirelessly, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it was free. It was still generated the conventional way, but it was transported without having to have a power grid like we have now. Right. That was his idea. Got he, never, it. he never put it into fruition. And I, I could be way off on that so
0: I suspect that it's um, such a huge part of the cost of energy is the actual transport transportation of the energy oh, yeah. that you know it's if you use Tesla's Theories or ideas or whatever, you cut that cost out essentially. Yeah. So that, you know, you yeah, do maybe. whatever your solar the price power goes way or down or your Taurus based generators or whatever, and then you transport it through Tesla's methods, then it's essentially free.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or
2: cheap at that point. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe that's why it's never been implemented is because it costs more. So, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I don't know.
1: Um, but the other one that, uh, that, that we have here is, and you mentioned this earlier, uh-huh. Joe, is. Yeah. Charles L. Garrett, the uh-huh. guy who invented the water-powered water, fu- water powered car, uh-huh. he, it burned water, and supposedly, you know, government agents showed up and took his device, and then he was, again, never able to recreate it before he died. Or no, no, he he had a bunch of backers. And then the government supposedly came down on him, and a court of law got involved, said he created all this stuff fraudulently, and it didn't work, and all his investors sued the crap out of him, Uh and so he he died penniless, and so he could never create it again. Like, Mm -hmm. a bunch of it got confiscated for some reason, and it just disappeared. Uh It's in some warehouse somewhere.
2: Uh, Yeah, um but
1: i mean regardless it's you know we can't get at it so right. we can't use it and and this is this is like most of these is that you know it's all being suppressed And so, therefore, we can't use it, and we're not saving the money, and these large institutions, not necessarily government, but maybe corporate, are profiting from our lack of access to this technology. Uh, There was a
0: book, while we're, you know, (laughs) recommending books, uh, there was a book, uh, I'm going to say five years ago that came out, it was called The Family, check it out. That's all I'll say about it. Okay. Check it out. All right, okay. In okay. reference to this sort of stuff. Yeah.
2: Okay. But I, I want to say this is uh, this is a common theme in human history, which is which is that, that utopia is just around the corner, except for these dark forces, and the dark forces are corporations, or they're the Jews, government, or, or yeah. the government, or yeah, and this and this, this uh, you know going down this path. You know, very often leads to dark results. I mean, see, for example, the Holocaust. The, you know, I mean, seriously, people. I mean, if, if, if there is a miraculous technology out there, then the people that are in possession of it can obviously use it to make a lot of money. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to hide it. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. Yeah.
0: But Joe, aliens. Oh,
1: oh uh... yeah, oh yeah, aliens. Okay, all right. never mind. Well, let's mm. let's let's move on. Yeah. To the others, uh, and we've discussed a little bit of the other side of the coin. But let's go to the other side of the coin, which is Gary found nothing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, according to some people, also known as the government, yeah. sh- 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 he found nothing, and yeah. he made it all up. Now, there's there's a pretty good basis for why Gary might be looked at as having made all of this up. Mm.
2: A fraudster? No.
1: No. By his own admission, at the time that he was doing all of
2: this? Uh-huh.
1: He was smoking a lot of pot.
2: Yeah.
0: As we know, uh-huh. that causes lots of hallucinations and brain damage and um Yeah, did you uh, see uh
2: Reefer Madness? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It brings well, out the, the, it, it the explains prey why impulses. he remember
1: he said, I wasn't quick enough to get a screenshot or to, or I didn't think to save the file. He was just yeah. staring at the screen
2: like, oh wow, man. Oh,
1: pixels. Man. It's it's possible that he was just High as a kite, and that's why he can't remember these things. Or maybe you
2: know he had some great hash, and he was just dreaming it all up. It might have been that he he you know was was trying to hack a defense department thing, and he got into some alien UFO website.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, maybe yeah. he wasn't even in the government a government database. He might
1: have been on just some random website.
0: Although, yeah. let's be fair, the reason that the UK. Arrested him mm-hmm. was because somebody had confirmed hacked into the U.S. government server. Yep, and they traced it to him and his apartment. Mm-hmm. Right, so like we can say, ah, he was like seeing something he didn't think he was seeing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but there's, there's...
0: he was. It's. I mean, it's essentially confirmed on the books that he was successful in hacking into the U.S. government's.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and and here's the worst part. Uh, We haven't really talked about how he managed to do some of it, but I think Joe mentioned some of this. He wrote a script. I think it was a Perl script, and he wrote a Perl script that scanned computers that were using the default Windows login name, so Mm -hmm. not even a a customized name, therefore using the administrator uh-huh. And the default password, which, was blank. Nothing. which yeah. is nothing, <laughs> and that's how he was getting into their computers. And he said when he was in there, because they, they say here, they, they describe McKinnon's hacking as intention and calculated to influence and affect the U.S. government by intimidation and coercion. But he says that when he was in there, he saw other hackers moving around in the system. Oh, yeah. are
0: you kidding me? Of course he did.
1: And so he he claims that he didn't bring down some of these things or delete some of these files. So he that says they he say, was uh, How do you, you know, he see? Says how he do you see solo. other
2: hackers? Um, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I I'm, I don't understand how to move in a network to be able to see that kind of information. But he says he saw other hackers in there and that he didn't delete some of those files. He said, yeah, I, did, I deleted some files, but I didn't delete all the files you claim I deleted. Mm. Yeah. And it could be that he went into a directory and then came out of the directory, left his footprints because he wasn't very good at covering his tracks. Somebody else comes in, deletes a bunch of stuff covers their tracks uh-huh. so the only person they have to follow is him
2: yeah it's true I mean it's uh it's the old it's that, walking
1: in the snow backwards in somebody else's footprints
2: which we do all the time all the time I uh I but no that's true They uh it sounds like they're pretty much wide open you bet there'd be other people in there yeah yeah uh,
1: the, and, and yeah, it's just hacking is hard, you guys. It really is, and they, they're saying that in this year period, like he he hacked into where's the number, um, you know, all these systems plus the the sixteen NASA computers, so sixty
0: five thousand machines, right?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Well, he was able, he was to, able to, to scan, scan sixty five thousand oh. machines with that Perl script to find the ones that he could access because they had a basic login that 's
0: so clever it 's just so weird to me the whole like dynamic of like being sophisticated enough to write a pearl script mm-hmm. that like does this right have to be so
2: careless but yeah but <laughs> yeah. being so
0: dumb as to not like are you like just put a little like go it, uh, it's
1: totally it well, yeah and and again uh, i'm not i 'm not casting aspersions on him, but I think that part of his uh part of his issue is that. He was not yeah. in a... Uh, his state of mind was not very stable at the time sure, or clear sure. to think, well, if I get in there, will somebody find out?
0: Well, but, like, tour networks have, have existed basically since the Internet existed. Mm-hmm. And, like, to not use something like that is, like, that would have been in the Hacker's Handbook. Like, that would have been Chapter 1 in the Hacker's Handbook. So... I don't I just don't totally understand the lack of use of, you know, any kind of protection or anything uh, or I guess on the opposite a end. A redirect of, that, of some kind. Yeah, or on the opposite end of that, like maybe you know, I guess it's conceivable that the US government was capable of tracking something through that. Uh, surprise, everybody who listens here is a hacker. Maybe they are. Maybe the NSA is so good that they can actually see through your Tor network.
2: <laughs> Doubt Sorry. it. But...
0: Um, but I, to not then, but then they should be smart enough to change their stupid passwords or uh, like even just put an actual password on there. Yeah,
1: I just
2: yeah,
1: that's here's the other the other point to this is that the, the the fact that he he got into their system is a real thumb in the eye. You yeah, know, that's really. They've got some little egg, egg on, on their, their face, their face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and it's entirely possible that he got in there and he found Jack squat. He was just going through personnel records that were used worth nothing, or uh-huh. transport logs that meant nothing. But by God, somebody got in, and we got to make an example of him. No,
0: Absolutely. You let's know. be and, fair. Somebody got in that we can track.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's that. Right.
1: Well, that's a, right. We've got our patsy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But as to but but as to um, so he found nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he claimed that he found something. So the question is, why did he? Yeah. And I, I can think of a couple of reasons why. Oh I mean, yeah. First, number one, he wants attention. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number two, it's uh, a game. Well, number two, he's 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 actually got some legal problems at this point in time. And he needs money for lawyers, and so by throwing out the UFO thing, you get a lot more people interested in your case, and uh, so you, you actually actually create more possibilities that. But you, he did that should... from the start, from yeah. the very so start. He, he, yeah. From the, from very, the sec- very
1: start, he had the UFO angle.
2: Okay, so he claimed to be looking into the evidence for UFOs and stuff like that, but it, he didn't actually make any statements about UFOs or anything to anybody that we know of until after he was. He was arrested. Uh huh. Right. So, if he's a smart thinking guy, maybe he's not. I don't know. It sounds like he's somewhat bright, but obviously not bright enough to cover his tracks. But he might have looked at that as a a kind of a a helpful legal defense, um, claiming that you saw wacky things, you know, like, you know, things like aircraft carrier size spaceships, you know, orbiting the planet, you know, and you saw all this stuff. You saw a picture of a cigar shaped object and all that, like stuff like that might actually aid your legal defense somewhere down the line because they'll, you know, your, your, your lawyers can point to the fact that you're delusional.
1: I, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily the, the track that somebody would take, I guess, and I don't think that would benefit you.
0: Well, for me, I can see the benefit of you know throwing out all these things, kind of like just casting a large net,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? That like on the off chance that even one, even one Excel document in one computer somewhere had something that could maybe even be construed the way that he construed it, uh, that that would actually freak a lot of government agencies out, right? Mm-hmm. That you could say like, oh, yeah, I did see this picture that had this cigar. You're, you're casting a wide net, hoping that you're going to catch one thing that the government's trying to cover up, mm-hmm. right? That might cause them to say, oh, you, you, no, don't release that. Yeah, you know, so I think that you're gambling. I can, I at that can point. see it. Yeah, you're just kind of like
1: it's a roll rolling the dice. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, that uh, okay, you're I... hoping
0: that they are actually suppressing something like that, and that if they are, then it will benefit you. And if not, uh, who knows? And
2: obviously, it didn't set off any alarm bells, did it?
0: Well, I mean, they well, wanted to extradite him. They wanted bad. to they
2: wanted to like you know put him in jail for for but, hacking, but uh, oh. they they didn't seem too frightened about him divulging any information right. that he got. Yeah. And well, so, mostly
0: they had his computer, so like, yeah. what yeah, he going to do? He yeah. can't prove it either way. It doesn't no, matter. So. No,
2: evidently
1: he had a bunch of peop- other people's computers that he'd been working on. Those got seized. It took forever to get those back, but he never he never got his computers back. Oh, no, of course mm. not. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. But, of course,
2: you know by the time you get your computer back, it's kind of obsolete anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is very true, and you're not allowed to connect it to the Internet anymore. So, so. it's super obsolete. Yeah. Yes, well, that's, that's, that's the story, and that's the theories around the, the whole thing with, with Gary McKinnon. And I just want to, you know, I know that we've all kind of gone into this, but is there any
2: last bit, you know, your summation or your theory about what you think happened? I think he made it up. But, you know, if, if he discovered evidence that we have 10 aircraft carrier-sized spaceships in orbit right now, Number 1, any anything like that is going to be impossible to keep secret. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean just there's going to be so, so many people involved in building and launching and operating those things and obviously the launches themselves are going to be kind of visible all the way all around. But also, we could have even if we had perfect conspiracy uh, perfect conspiracy in the US government and nobody was talking. Uh, what about the Russians, the Chinese and lots of other countries that track orbiting objects? How Can they not notice these no, things? It, it these would 10 be a, ships in orbit. A
0: worldwide, that's a conspiracy, it's that right? big, yeah. I mean, yeah, all the world leaders would have to know. Wow, we'd all yeah. be working together
2: mm-hmm. again. Wow, kind of hard to believe that none of that's going to leak out.
0: I, you know, I, I a little bit alluded to this earlier this whole like the huge problem I have with things like this, like we we talk about aliens all the time and I really like aliens and I like UFOs and I like all that stuff. But for us to say, yeah, the United States itself is covering up all this stuff is just ludicrous to me. You know, I think that there's something to be said for alien technology, blah, 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 whatever. I think it's more likely that we're trying to develop things on our own. I think it's more likely that we haven't captured any kind of extraterrestrial. What Roswell is, what Area 51 is, who knows? But I think that UFOs in general can be explained away. There are other aspects of like alien earth visitation stuff that I really like. But in terms of this, we don't have spaceships up there guys like yeah. we just don't we don't have we don't i
2: wish we did i wish yeah. we did too I know. like
0: i really wish we did but we don't you yeah. know uh, we just we just don't i'm yeah. sorry i'm sorry i'm
2: yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah that's too bad but yeah oh. I, I
1: you know my my perspective on this is i think that it's possible that gary found something i don't think that is as Extreme as he found, and actually, all of the theories that we've talked about, I think that there's credence in all of them, but I think that it is a minuscule percent, like one or two percent of truth in the stories. Like there's probably technologies like we've talked about that are under development that people don't know about, Uh but they're not out there for a good reason. And he might've found a little something, or he might've just found nothing. And the U S government is angry at Gary and is trying to just prove a point. I think that there probably is some, Truth in that there are technologies that are cleaner, oh, but they're yeah. just so they're so they're in their their infantile stage yeah, that they're I'm... just not usable i so I think that there's truth, and I believe all of it but i don't think it's as grand yeah. as it's made out to be i mean there's there's things um when i was doing the research there's this process and this is one of those things that people point at as uh, as government suppression is that if you put forth a patent application that could potentially have some influence for energy and uh, you there's a possibility that you're going to get a response letter from the us government saying your patent has been sup- has been not denied, but suppressed is the wrong word as well because we can't let it out there because there's possibilities that it could get into the wrong hands and be misused. And people say, well, go when you have that kind of patent, you file it in Canada first because they're much more liberal. And then by the time the feds get the US Department gets a hold of it, it's too late, it's out there. Well, Uh I can see that happening for uses for certain explosive technologies.
2: Or death rays.
1: Or death rays or something crazy. But I can't see that on anything that is verifiable and really, really solidly true Mm. and can be proven. I think a lot of this is... It's not fact, it's not fiction, it's somewhere in between, and people Mm. get a hold of it, and as with many of our stories, they build. I Uh, mean, I
0: think it's hard. There's a lot of potential for technology out there, and if you as a private citizen can come up with one thing that I guess provides, for instance, free energy mm right? There are so many ramifications and ripples that we don't pay attention to that we haven't historically paid attention to that we've learned from our mistakes of not paying attention to those things that we, you know, as kind of a society say at this point, hey, maybe we're going to take your patent into consideration as a huge publicly funded Agency. We will test it. We will make sure that there's nothing wrong with it. You know whether or not it makes it back to you is completely different. But you know, I mean, we we live in a world where like doctors used to prescribe cigarettes to pregnant women to cure morning sickness and
1: to relax them.
0: Yeah, you know, and that was a thing because it wasn't. It just wasn't tested. You know, and we've learned from those mistakes. And I think that oftentimes we are overly cautious with. Anything that could have negative ramifications mm-hmm. on a large scale. And I, you know, this whole free energy thing just reeks of that to me. It does. You know? Mm.
2: I don't know. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, free, yeah, free energy, perpetual motion machines, all that stuff. Nah, not quite, not quite buying it. But black uh, holes. Black holes, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and, and the photograph that he saw. Let's assume, let's assume for for the sake of fun that he did actually see a photograph. Uh huh. Well, NASA, you know, NASA's always involved in little projects and stuff like that, or they're trying to sell a project, say to Congress, and and they do stuff like they do artist conceptions, mm. some of which are extremely realistic. I mean, I see an artist conception. And, uh paintings or and, and photoshops coming out of NASA that looked really awesome. Yeah, and it like their new space deal. suits. Yeah. And that, that are that- like
0: on Mars like yeah. the artist renderings, right? There's like men in spacesuits on Mars.
2: Yeah. And so uh, it's conceptual not, it, it's art. not beyond, it's not beyond the realm of reason that he saw a photograph. Yeah. It doesn't mean it was a real photograph of a it, real thing. That also, may be what filtered and unfiltered meant. Yeah. Right.
0: Unfiltered and filtered, right. It could also potentially mean at that resolution with that color gig assessment, it could have been a, fly or like a high-flying bird.
1: It could have been that the stealth bomber was on the ground and we didn't want to disclose that we serve as stealth bombers at that location. Right. Uh-huh. And there's so many simple answers. I'm not saying that just because it's a simple answer it's right, but there's a lot of simple answers I
0: don't know, Occam's Razor.
1: To yeah. jump to these grand
2: conclusions. Yeah, Occam's but,
1: Razor in my mind. Well, I, I think that that we would probably belabor this
2: one enough. I think we've got to kind of beat this one to the ground. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you Um, give them some pertinent facts and send them on their way?
1: We're going to have a bunch of uh, of the links to this story. They will be on the website. Website, as always, is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you want to go ahead and listen to the show, of course, all of them are on the website, but you can also go ahead and listen to the show on iTunes. When you're on iTunes, go ahead and subscribe. If you like the show, take the time, if you can, to leave us a a rating and a comment. We always enjoy those. And if you forget to download and you know it's that day when the show's coming out, you can always find us on Stitcher and just uh, stream us directly from any internet-capable mobile device unless you're you're Gary Gary, yeah (laughs) Uh, uh, Um,
2: rub it in (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) now of course we have uh, we've got the Facebook page and the Facebook group so if you want to join and find us we've always we're always trying to put stuff out there and keep things going that's always fun And last but not least, if if you want to have a discussion with Devin about your perspective on aliens or you have any other questions you want to ask, you can always send us an email. Email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And I believe that's uh, that's all our contact information, and I think, believe it or not, that's all that we've got on this particular
2: show. Yeah. We stretched it as long as we could, but yep. we can't go any further. No. Something's about to snap.
1: Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, for listening, and thanks again for uh, for this listener's suggestion. This was a lot of fun. Sorry yeah. it took me so long to get to it, but it was definitely a fun one. So yeah. we will thanks, talk to you next week.
2: Ta-ta.
0: Aliens, guys.
1: You think Aliens. so?